0: You're listening to the Paranormal Pursuit, hosted by Bob Z from 997 The Mix and Larry Wilson from the Urban Paranormal Investigation. You're not alone. We're not alone. The Paranormal Pursuit will keep you company. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It's Bonzi Larry Wilson. We are live in the studio right now. Well, I guess when you listen to the podcast, we're never live. I should stop saying that. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. It's the Paranormal Pursuit, Season 1, Episode Number Seven. And this is Veliska, the Axe Murder House, part three. This is gonna be the wrap-up of Larry's first encounter. If you guys missed any of the other episodes, you need to go back and listen. The uh episode two of Velisca, part two, I'm sorry, part two of episode six Veliska Larry, that has been the most listened to podcast uh that we've had so far. And people I've heard them commenting and messaging us saying, That poor guy, I mean, yeah, that poor guy, what you went through and what your family went through, um, they just they felt bad for
1: you. Right. Well, you know, and in a way, it's it's my own fault for doing this, for one thing. I mean, because you go looking for these things, and sooner or later, you're bound to find something. Right, but it's not like you were poking the bear, really. I
0: I mean, you were trying to find the bear. You're not trying to poke the bear. Right. I don't provoke— There's a a
1: difference. I don't provoke when I do investigations. Right. Right. We've never done that. No, no. And
0: that's what you're very, very big against, too, is, you know, trying to stir anything up, because— Stuff's already there.
1: Well, after, you know, and after this happened to me, i you know, I, I belong to different groups and stuff where people get together and talk about the paranormal, but I always say, don't provoke something because you're going to get more than you can, can possibly handle.
0: Right. So let's get right into it, man. Okay. And yeah. uh, let's do a little brief recap now. Okay. Of, of Villisca part one, Velisca part one, we talked about your very first trip to the axe murder house. Right. Basic, basic, uh, how you went there, what happened. Yeah. Your body, your reactions, some of the stuff, the creepiness. Right. Part two of Velisca Axe Murder House was your uh, investigation and it was your second time there or was it your third time there?
1: Well, actually, part one, we did part one. The first two times I was there, we we covered in part one. Oh, okay. Uh, nothing happened the first time I was there. The second time I was there in, in September of 2008. Uh, we had a few things happen at the house, but it was when I returned home. From Part two from being there the second exactly. time. Part okay. two, we discussed what happened after I returned home.
0: And a lot of stuff happened to him uh, in, in back here in Taylorville, guys. Yeah. So go yeah. listen to that episode. All right, that is Velisca Ax Murder House Part Two. Part three, we are going to do uh, discussing what now.
1: Well, I, I can maybe I should uh, rehash a little bit. The last thing we talked about, you know, on on podcast, uh, the last podcast on on Villisca was. The straw that broke the camel's back was when I was driving home, took the exit off 55, uh, off Clear Lake Avenue onto 55 is when I saw what looked like an old man in the backseat of my right, car. Right. And this old man was the same face that I saw when I was doing research on the house uh, when I found a picture of an older man that had showed up the days. of uh, the day. And what the was murders. the older man's name? They don't know. Okay. They don't know who he was. They never saw him before or after the murders. And, just,
0: and the picture was related to what? Like how did, why was there a picture in the, in the research you were doing
1: in the research that I found? And then I also saw uh, a, a documentary about it too, where they, they talked about the old man. He showed up supposedly the day of the murders. Like I said, nobody had ever seen him before. And this photo was taken of him and there were two little girls standing next to him. And, uh, but, but anyhow, uh, Like I said, they never saw him before or after. Never knew his name. But but just like me, uh, other people that have seen that photo, for some reason it just gives them the chills. And it's just an old man, you know.
0: And so after you see that face in the backseat of your car, you're totally spooked. You're totally like, "I, I just saw
1: something. It was the final realization that you know, this is real. You're not imagining this stuff. You just right. saw somebody sitting in the back seat of your car. Yeah. Did you, know? you say something to the f- person in the back? No, or no. What I just... did is, uh, I, I couldn't pull over cause I'm on 55, you know, and, and w- if I pulled over whether or not I did or didn't, you know, was that going to get rid of whatever's in the back seat? i all, all my way home that night, which is about a 30 minute drive to Taylorville. Um, uh, you know, there was, there was nothing in the back seat that I could see, but I, in the back of my mind, is there something in this car with me? Right. You know? All right, so take us from that, man. Well, let me—I just want to backtrack one more thing that I didn't get to last week because we were running out of time. A few days before I saw the old man, uh, I was getting my hair cut at a local hair establishment here in Springfield, and the lady that owns it, her first name is Lynn, and Kathy, my wife, was with me. And Lynn had had paranormal things happen to her in, in houses that she grew up in, and, and uh, an old boyfriend's house she saw something in also one point at one time. But anyhow, uh, every time I would get my haircut, she would ask me where I'd been to, you know, doing my paranormal research. So I started telling her about the Veliska House, and about halfway through our conversation, Kathy was sitting nearby waiting for her appointment, and I was in the chair, and I'm telling Lynn, you know, about the house. And and uh, anyhow, um, she abruptly excuses herself and goes over to Kathy, and she's like whispering to Kathy, and. and Yeah. She comes back and I continue my story. But as we're driving home that night, I asked Kathy, you know, what, what was Lynn talking to you about? And Kathy says, you know, Lynn came to me and she says, what's wrong with Larry? And Kathy said, what do you mean? She said, I was talking to Larry. He's telling me this story. And she said, all of a sudden his complexion changed to like a pale gray. He looked like a, an old man, his facial facial, um, features changed and looked like an old man. And I didn't think a whole lot about it, you know, because I was 50 at the time, you know, and, and getting older. I just right. had a bad day or something. But when I saw this old man, I thought about what Lynn had said, you know, to Kathy, and it kind of made sense. So, you know, to go along with that, there were several times where um, I would daydream, even when I was driving, and i would see the house and the inside of the house but it wasn't like i was seeing the house it was like i was looking at the house through someone else's eyes okay and i remember one time driving home i must have gone 10 miles and didn't remember how i got had driven those 10 My miles gosh. you know because it was just like i said like i was seeing that house through someone else's eyes
0: now you've told this story uh, hundreds of times probably yeah. to people yeah. and, and does anyone ever ask you about possession or has anyone ever asked you about something right.
1: up that. Right. And, uh, matter of fact, uh, we'll, we get on that a little bit today. When I talked to Cheryl, the psychic, okay. uh, she told me there's three stages of, you know, possession. There's, okay. there's one, which basically is the first phase is basically the infestation when something comes with you or whatever, or, or attaches to you. The second phase, um, you know, and I I, I, I can't think of the term she used, but it's, it's basically when whatever it is, is trying to wear you down. Uh, And then the final phase is, you know, the the possession. She said that I was in stage two, basically, when I came to her. Wow. Yeah. All right, so let's pick it up, buddy. Well, after, you know, after I saw the old man, uh, you know, and I uh, went home that night and everything, and I told you some of the details, and people can go back to the the previous podcast, Podcast 6, uh, Episode 2 on Velisca and hear what happened after I went home that night, after seeing the old man. But anyhow, the very next morning when I went to work, Um, as you can imagine, all I could think about was what I saw the night before. So I, um, I didn't really know what to do. I couldn't get my mind off it, but I knew I had to do something. So I sat down and, uh, and I, uh, decided to, to make a list of all the things that had gone on, um, since I returned home from Villisca. So I'm just going to go through this short list. Uh, it's not a short list, but anyhow, I'll go through it quickly. Uh, The first thing that happened was the feeling of being watched, especially, you know, when I was reviewing audio from the, from the house. Uh, The second thing basically was hearing and hearing the mimic voices of family members, even when they weren't around. Um, Third thing was I heard phantom footsteps at all hours of the day and night, uh, even at home and at my office. Uh, I was touched by unseen hands, startled awake in the middle of the night, those types of things. I had excruciating pain in my legs and feet that would begin and end, um, you know, at all uh, all days of the uh, of the night, and and uh, I had uh, an abnormal frequency of mechanical things breaking down, and not just uh, electrical or electronic type things, but anything like, uh, including you know, uh, broken windshields, flat tires, those types of things. And as you know, on my way to the studio today, I had a flat tire of all things.
0: I mean, uh, that's the true story. I mean, yeah. we're, we're recording this about an hour and a half later than we usually do. So
1: when I returned home from the Veliska house in 2008, within about three or four days. Uh, My wife, Kathy, my son, Corey, and I, all three had flat tires. And then we got broken windshields, each of us. Uh, One day after I had had a flat tire, I noticed that my my neighbor's, uh, uh, he had a van at the time, was his flat, he had a flat tire. Right. And then again, across the street. Well, yeah. And, we, and
0: we went to Villisca. I don't think you guys, I don't think you had much stuff really happen to you again, back at your home. We did have something have ha, happen here at the radio station when yeah. we talked about yeah. Villisca, but I don't yeah. think anything really started happening to you again. Did it not
1: to me, but it did to, to intern Casey. Yeah. 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 yeah, know, yeah at yeah. that time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And so do you think maybe diving
0: into this again, this much talking about it again, you haven't probably talked about that this much in a long time,
1: as you know, uh, any time that I, that I talk about Villisca, uh, and it's usually when it's like some type of a media thing, either radio or television or whatever, mechanical things break down. Are you
0: worried about this happening again? Yeah. Have you talked to Kathy about it? No. You, are, are you are you prepared of what you're well, going to do?
1: Uh I think it's better off like when I'm at home, it's not talking about it. Um, but uh, this week, I, I had several strange noises in the house. Uh, I was over at my son's, and I heard strange noises in his house as well that I couldn't explain, you know, those types of things. But- uh, it's every time that I do this, when I, when I wrote my book and we'll talk about that maybe in another episode, but when I was, as I was writing my book, things happened, you know? So, I mean, are
0: you prepared to deal with this now? I mean, what, are you going to yeah. get with Cheryl um,
1: again? Do you, I mean, you're, you're, well, you're, you're, educated a lot on what
0: you can do to protect yourself now. You, so so.
1: In, in recent years, even like I said, after writing the book, uh, one of the things that happened was, and let me just get into that now since we, we just touched on it. But one of the things that happened was that I was writing the chapter in the book that talked about the lady at my office that heard my name whispered in her ear who at the time didn't know anything about what was going on. As I was writing the book, the very chapter about that that I was writing, the very next day at work, um, she came to uh, another employee's desk and sat down to discuss an audit. And she's like sitting just side by side to this particular lady. And, uh, they, and this story was told to me by the co-worker and also the lady that this happened to. But what happened was as she was talking to this other lady and I was nowhere around, all of a sudden, she jumped up out of her chair, turned completely around, and screamed, yell, uh, Larry Wilson. And then she turns back around and looks at the the lady that she was talking to. And she said, who was just behind me? And the lady kind of looks at her funny and says, there was nobody behind you. So Lilia peeks out around the corner of the cubicle where the lady was sitting because they have high walls. She looked around it, thinking I was maybe behind the wall playing a joke on her. Then she comes back around the wall and says to the lady, there was nobody behind me. And she says, no. And the lady says, why? What happened? She said, I heard Larry Wilson's voice right behind me. And it was his voice. And he he yelled, boo, as, as loud as a person could yell. And it was two days later that another lady who sits next to me, and I was there early in the morning, about 730. We were the first two that get to the office early in the morning. She's sitting next to me. And out of the blue, she looks over and she says, did you just say something? And I said, no. And she knew the stories about Velisca, you know, I told her. But she says, did you just say something? And I said, no. And I said, why? And she she had this blank look, her face turned red, and she said, I just heard uh, you say something behind me. And she said, what you said was, was just simply, hey, you know, but she said it was your voice.
0: So going to Velisca, you get a lot of uh, EVPs um, that you don't hear. Right. Um, We got a a ton when we were there uh, before. Again, when we were there, I didn't really have much... happen in my no. personal experience i wasn't i was creeped out by the house for sure but it was one of those houses i just felt more like it was a touristy kind of a thing you know it felt like i was in a you know new salem or something well, like any it, place
1: it, that has a gift shop you have to be skeptical right. of, you know <laughs> yeah, you really you're do. right yeah but
0: you guys also had some things happen casey really had some things happen yeah and we but did record
1: some we've got some EVPs. crazy
0: evps and you brought some of those with you again today so i want to play one right now real quick now, so, so we get to these
1: i think what you're going to play is from the actual time I investigated in 2008. These aren't our clips from 15. Okay. We'll, we, oh, yeah, yeah, right. We'll do we're that. We're going to do a whole yeah. episode on yeah. that. Yeah, so these are yeah. just
0: ones from your 2008 investigation right. that might have stirred some of this stuff up. Yes. Okay. Yes. So here is the first one, and listen carefully. I think you can hear it pretty easily. I'm so tell people what you think that says. I think it says, uh, I think you killed her. Right now, we've played, we've we've done this before, and this is one too that I I hear I hear kill her. Yeah, but I I and this is you and I talk about this. Yeah. and I hear I'm gonna kill her is what it, I hear, it, and it so. could be,
1: or I want to kill her. You know, it could be.
0: I mean, and, and so where did you get that one? Where was that one picked up at? Uh, that was downstairs in that parlor. That parlor area is where you get a lot of that lot, stuff, isn't yeah, it? Man, Yeah, that's some scary, scary stuff. And I, I definitely hear the kill her. Um, we can discuss and have different opinions on what the first part says. But you got an, a lot of EVPs, and not all of them are nice at no, all. No, no. All right, so sorry to stop you there. Continue mm-hmm. with uh, with what what was going on with you after that.
1: Okay, well, I'll get, get through the list a little faster here. But then I also had... Uh, emotional problems, uh, during the the three months that this was going on. Like I had anxiety, depression, claustrophobia, insomnia, irritability, and I became a recluse. I I didn't want to be around people. I wasn't interested in things I was normally interested in. I love baseball, you know, and and the World Series was going on that time. And I I think I barely watched the World Series that year. I could care less about it. You know, it was just like I was becoming, you know, an introvert or whatever. Um, I saw three-dimensional shadowy figures, you know, walking through our house, uh, even, even in the elevator, you know, I told you about the elevator story. Uh, again, people can, can review, uh, episode two, but, um, you know, I saw a hand reach out of an elevator to hope it hold the door open for me. When I get in the elevator, there's nobody there. Uh, I witnessed a man, it looked like in a suit, walk by our window or our dark coat walk by the kitchen window, no more than a foot or two in front of me. I was standing at the kitchen right. sink. when. And he this is by all by in window. part two guys. This well, is all episode, part two. Uh, so six part two. So then, uh, uh, I saw you know the reflection or the, what was like a reflection of the old man in the rearview mirror of my car. I saw the old man in the backseat of my car. Uh, I had a vivid dream where I comp- uh, repeatedly heard the lyrics to the song "I'm Your Boogeyman" from Casey and the Sunshine Band, and that'll be important here in this episode. Uh, and then of course my wife Kathy, she also heard uh, voices and, and and it was sounded like me calling her those types of things. So all those things uh, made me decide to, on my lunch hour this day at work, decide to go to Barnes and Noble to check, see if I could find any books on, you know, what was going on, uh, like the spirit possession or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, I did find a book and it was by a lady that, uh, uh let me get her name here. It was, uh, Marianne Winkowski And, uh, she was like a, um, a, a psychic, and uh, I, th- I think basically the show uh, The Ghost Whisperer that used to be on okay, TV yeah, yeah, yeah. was uh, based on, on on her life. Oh, okay. Um, so I found a book that she had written, and in that book there was a chapter on spirit possession. And I looked in that uh, chapter and started reading it, and there was a checklist of 20 things that were signs of spirit possession, and I could check off 18 of the things that she had on this particular checklist. So I I looked in the book to try to find, you know, well, the, the most important thing to me was how do you get rid of this? Right. There was nothing in the book that talked about how to get rid of spirit possession. So I thought, well, I know, I know a psychic, Cheryl. And I my only recourse I thought was maybe get a hold of Cheryl and see what she could tell me to do. So I go back to the office and I call Cheryl's phone number and I get her voicemail. And the only thing I said was, Cheryl, this is Larry Wilson. I need to talk to you. Please call me back and I left my phone number, and I left actually my work phone number. She didn't call me back that day. Uh, nothing happened that night. The next morning when I walk into my office a little before 8 o'clock, my phone's ringing when I get there, and I pick up the receiver, and it's Cheryl, and I don't even get to say hello, and she says, Larry, where have you been? Did you go to a house, or was it a cemetery? And if you'll remember from episode one on Villisca, uh when we got there, the owner of the house, Darwin Lynn, first took us to the cemetery before he took us into the house to give us a tour of, of everything and I told Cheryl I said well actually Cheryl I've, I've been to both and then uh, she she starts uh, saying uh, so I wrote some of the things down that, that she had said um she told me that uh, she said uh, uh, Larry were there murders in the house now again remember Cheryl didn't even know where I'd been she didn't even know what what I wanted you know she just, knew that I had to talk to her about this. And something. there's
0: nothing on social media about this? You oh, had not posted anything no. at all or no. like done I said, anything.
1: Only my wife and the lady at work knew what was going on. Right, right, I didn't right. tell anybody. Right. Uh and then uh, but anyhow, uh she says, Were there murders in this house? And I said, Yes there were. And then she goes, Two families were murdered, weren't there? Almost asking a question, but I knew that she knew. And and if you'll remember, the Moore family was murdered and then the two Stillinger girls who spent the night there, a different family were in the house that night, too, and were killed. So yes, she was right. Two families uh, were killed that night. Then she says, just out of the blue, she says, eight people were murdered, weren't there? And I'm thinking...
0: That's a pretty specific number.
1: I mean, and again, I'm getting goosebumps, uh, because how does she know this stuff? She shouldn't know. Um, And then finally she says, uh, Larry, this is an evil place, and some of the evil has followed you home. And then she says, uh, three lower negative entities... Uh, attached to you, and and they came home with you.
0: How could she do this without you being present with her, though? I mean, is that how that works She actually
1: can do readings over the phone. Oh, okay. And and I've heard uh, people that have done readings over the phone with her that that they're pretty impressed. Wow. Wow, she's spot on. Uh, But again, she knew she didn't have any idea where I went. Didn't even know the state I went to, you know, let alone the house or the location. Well, when she said there's three lower negative entities, I asked her, I said, well, are they uh, what what are they? And she said, well, they're opposites of angels. And I said, are you saying they're demons? And she said, well, I won't call them that. I'll just say they're lower negatives. And one of the reasons that she won't call them uh, demons is, I think she thinks that kind of gives uh, power to them a little bit, you know? So she she just refused to call them demons. But, but to me, if it's an opposite of an angel, what else is Right, there? right, right, right. Um, and so anyhow, she said, you know, Larry, it's very imperative that, uh, and she was booked up six weeks in advance, and this was on a Friday. And she says, this is imperative. You get here, you know, tomorrow morning, I can see you first thing, you know, tomorrow morning, if you can make it here. And I said, absolutely, I'll, I'll be there at, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning was the scheduled time. So um, the next morning, you know, I'm driving down 29. She lives out by the airport in Springfield, in that vicinity. I'm driving down 29. And if folks will remember from the episode before, I had the dream uh, where I kept hearing the lyrics from the song "I'm Your Boogeyman." And if, if you can find it, maybe we ought to play that. Some people will know. But uh, so I'm driving down 29, and Cheryl lives down a long, long lane to get to her house. I just turned down the lane to her house, and all of a sudden, I had my radio up pretty loud. But all of a sudden, the song "I'm Your Boogeyman" started playing on the radio. I'm your- That's crazy. So, so, I mean, what would the odds be of me having that dream and then turn down the lane going to the house with a lady who can help me, uh, and that song starts playing again? I I, I immediately got the feeling that I was no longer alone, and um, it it was like whatever it was is telling me, it doesn't matter what you do, you know, I'm going to be with you. And uh, I just had that feeling, you know, so... Um, so anyhow, um, I continue down the lane, uh, still have chills going through my body <laughs> and, uh, I pull over, I park, I get to uh, Cheryl's house, walk up to the door, knock on, knock on the door. And this, you know, little older lady comes to the door, uh, reminded me of your grandmother. And, you know, I'd seen her before, but, uh, she comes to the door and, uh, she invites me in and she takes me into a room and she says, Larry, just wait here. I have to get the materials that I use to perform cleansings. So I wait in the room and, you know, 15 minutes goes by and she doesn't come back. And it's just me and her in her house, you know, 15 minutes goes by and uh, she still doesn't come back. Finally, you know, maybe another five minutes goes by and she walks in the room and she says, Larry, I can't find the materials that I use to perform cleansings. She said, only my husband and I live in this house and I always put them in a certain location and I don't move them from that location unless I need to use them. And my husband doesn't bother him. She says, I can't find them. She says, it's almost like somebody doesn't want me to perform this cleansing. So another 15 minutes goes by and she finally came back and she found them in some obscure place, like tucked underneath something where she would have never looked, but she just was searching everywhere. And she found them and they were hidden and she had no idea how they got there, you know? So, um, but anyhow, she says, yeah, it was like that, that there's something wanting me to, or not wanting me to, to do this uh, cleansing for you.
0: Um, to, to, to go off of real quick, the, uh, the number eight, you know, that, that she picked up on, yeah. um, you know, without knowing where you went, whether it was a house or a cemetery, there's an EVP that you picked up one, when I was one, there. one time while you were there. And you know, you can hear that number being said, I think in the clip. Yeah. Um, I'm going to play that clip for people right now. This is, uh, you know, to set up what's going to be happening here. Uh, in the next five minutes uh, with with his cleansing. But here's the the EVP he got from his investigation. So tell me what you think that says. I hear kill eight. Yeah. Again, the kill is really hard, I think, to hear at the beginning, but the eight, you hear the number eight. I mean, like... So, I mean, and you slowed that down. We raised the volume up because it was pretty, pretty low. And, that, and yeah. that's the thing about looking for EVPs. They're not always crystal clear. And there's a lot of white noise and they're really low. Sometimes So you got to amplify it. So this has been amplified to its maximum uh, capacity. One more time. Uh, we think this says kill eight.
1: What was interesting was, and you brought up the ghost adventures team when they investigated the house. Uh, and I told you, I normally don't watch this show, but uh, I, I saw on on TV that they were going to be at the Velisca house. So I watched the episode and I'm laying on the sofa, half paying attention. And they started playing a couple EVPs and they also recorded an EVP that said, I think they said, I kill eight, uh, eight people, yep. you know? Yep. And, but the thing was what I almost fell off the sofa because the voice that they recorded <laughs> sounded Just pretty like much one. like that one. Yeah. yeah, you
0: can look that up uh, on YouTube and find that clip. Yeah. All right, so you get with Cheryl, and um, she's found her stuff.
1: Right. What she does is she has me lay on a bed in this room, and she has me hold this ginormous crystal in my right hand. And she explained that some of the things she would be doing, she would be, do, be doing like a Native American drumming with a like a tom-tom over my body. She'd be saying different types of prayers, some Native American, you know, um, she would do energy work and Reiki. Uh, Reiki is like a—I um, I, I don't know how to actually describe it. It's like energy work, I okay. guess. It, it basically is to get rid of negative energy. You Clean body. your vibes, basically. Yeah, and you don't have to be to a murder house to have Reiki done. Right, right, they, right. they do it for, for like ailments people, as well. Yeah, people yeah, that, yeah, that are you know. sad, people and that are depressed. some hospitals right. uh, have used Reiki in right, right, right. treatments. But anyhow, she said, I'll do these types of things. Um, and But I remember she had me close my eyes, and as I'm laying on this table— um, the sun was shining brightly in through the window, but and the sunlight was in my eyes. But all I could see, it looked like a black, a swirl of black paint, thick black paint. Paint, and that's all I could see in, with my eyes closed. It looked looked like a heavy black paint swirling. And she started doing this energy work, and she put her hands behind my head, and she says, "You're going to feel uh, warmth." And I don't know if you've ever had an MRI where the you can feel the heat go through your body, but all of a sudden, I feel heat going through my body down my arms, and actually, I felt it like coming in my left arm, and then go through my body. And later, she told me that uh, that like energy comes in through your your left side and goes out your right. That's why I was holding the crystal on my right side. But I could feel that warmth. Uh, and then uh, one of the next things she did was used a Tibetan singing bowl, and it's a bowl that uh, you take a little mallet, I call mm-hmm. it rubber mallet, and you you go like counterclockwise, and it causes a humming. And it's believed that that high pitched hum, uh, will also drive out negative energy from your body. So she was doing that. And then she went to the native American chanting and the drumming around my body. As she was doing that, all of a sudden I got emotional and I mean, tears were just streaming down my eyes They were running down my cheeks and my neck and chest was becoming wet because the tears were coming down. So, 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 so hard. And, uh, later on, after she finished that, I told her, I said, well, Cheryl, I was getting a little bit emotional there. What, what was going on? And she said, Larry, you were releasing the energies from the spirits of that house that you had picked up. So you were feeling their emotions leave your body. And I mean, like I said, I was not bawling, but I was just, the the tears were just rolling down my cheeks. And then all of a sudden she did a little bit more energy work. And I told you before how I just saw like what looked like black swirling paint The next thing I know I see like a mixture of bright red in this black just like swirling through it and it continues to swirl until it turns into a bright purple and then when that happened and I opened my eyes the room itself even though sunlight was coming in everything and this took this took almost three hours she told me it would take 45 minutes to an hour but it took almost three hours for her to to get the cleansing to work but anyhow when I finally opened my eyes it was like the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulder, shoulders. I felt normal, and I mean, it took probably another day or so so to start feeling completely normal. But it, I felt like a million bucks when she finished that, and it was like I was alone again. I was myself.
0: Like you could breathe again is what you told me one time when, we, when you first told me this story. It was like you told me that we, it was like you felt like you could breathe again without having to catch your breath or you know, you you didn't have to think about it anymore. And that, I mean, I I think everyone knows that feeling, you know, when you just, when you're not sick anymore, you, you, you feel like. And driving,
1: driving home that day, it was completely different than driving there. Um, I mean, I wasn't tense. Uh, I could relax. I turned the music up and I I was just listening to to good music. That's awesome. And everything was completely different.
0: And again, the three uh, stages of the uh, what was it—the uh, de- demonic activity or demon activity? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, I, I
1: kind of lost my train of thought there. But there, uh, infestation, which is when whatever it is picks you to be its victim, uh, and then the oppression stage comes in with all the you know the emotional things you go through, all the negative things that happen, uh, just. I guess negative's the key word. Everything about my life for three was months was negative. Yeah, it was yeah. it was it was an oppressive uh, um, living oppressively basically. But Cheryl said if I'd have waited too much longer that it would have gone into that third stage of the the possession Which stage. Which is possession, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm glad
0: you did the right thing, man. Yeah. yeah and man. Yeah. reached out to her for sure. Yeah. Um so Velisca again, you know, moving forward. Uh, you've been there uh, after this has happened, and uh, your wife doesn't like it too much when you go back there because no. it's not good for your health. Right. Um, how many times have you been back since the 2008 you've
1: been with us? Yep. So I, I went back uh, May of 2009, Okay. October 2010, and then it was June 23rd of fifteen with you guys. <laughs> Three more times Three after more all times. this stuff happened. Why do you keep going back? I think— the reason I do this is to, like I've told you before, now that I've seen this stuff, I want to see more. But why Velisca though? Well, yeah,
0: you were so messed
1: up by it. Why yeah, do you want to keep going back to yeah. it? You know, what I think uh, with age, you get a little wiser. And I'm not so sure now that I would go back to that house, just because I've pushed fate, I think, far enough right. with it. And even what happened today, you could say it's a coincidence, but you know, flat tire on the way here to talk about the Veliska House again. It seems like every time I do like a media event, yeah. I just want to tell one short story because I don't want to go into the 15, what happened here at the station, because we'll talk about mm-hmm, that in another mm-hmm, episode. Mm-hmm. But I wrote a book in 2011 called Chasing Shadows, and I talked about the Velisca House somewhat, but not to this extent or to the extent of the book uh, Where Evil Lurks. But anyhow, um, the the publisher sent out press releases, and one of the press releases went to TV in Quincy, Illinois, so I was invited over there because some of the stories in uh, in the book talk about Hannibal, Missouri, which is in their listening area, right? So they wanted me over there to talk about uh, the the Rockcliff Mansion, mm-hmm. which we discussed right. here, you know. So anyhow, I go over there, and it's a live interview. And Chad Douglas, the host, um, he starts asking me questions about Rockcliffe Mansion and and you know some of the places that i had done around uh, Hannibal. And then about halfway through the interview, he says, "Well, have you ever?" What they did that day, which is kind of cool too, that was the year that uh, Paranormal Activity 2, the movie, mm-hmm. came out. So as a segue into my interview, Chad played uh, a clip from Paranormal Activity 2. As we're doing our interview, uh, I'd already talked about Rockcliffe. Chad says, well, Larry, have you have you investigated any place that, any places that are more negative, sort of like in the clip that we showed? And I said, yeah. And I, I, I mentioned the Veliska House. And one of the things I said to him was, Chad, one of the things that were happening were like mechanical things would break down, and I said it wasn't occasionally, but all the time, and it would happen everywhere I went. So the interview is over, and a lady and a gentleman come out of the control room, and and of course they're between like commercial breaks, and and the lady says to Chad, "Hey, I'd I'd like to talk to you and Larry for a moment. Do you mind?" And Chad said, "No, we've got some time." And the lady was the producer of their morning show, and she said, "Larry, when you first came here this morning." She said, a lot of the staff in the back were kind of chuckling and stuff and going boo to each other, you know, just playing around because they had the guy here going to talk about ghosts, you know? So anyhow, she said, as soon as you mentioned that mechanical things would break down and not occasionally, but all the time, she said the overhead lights in the, in the control room started going on and off. Then she said, we lost the audio feed from the studio to the control room. Then we lost the video feed, which are, I guess are separate feeds. Then she said, our computers locked up, and not only did the station's network computers locked up, so did personal laptops. As soon as your interview was over, everything just fired up and went back to normal.
0: And that's a good story to remember because that'll be a little teaser for what happened here when we talked about the Bellisca house here at the radio station. Something that has never happened before here in my uh, almost 20 years of being here in Springfield. It's never happened until we talked about that. Um, we're gonna wrap it up and leave it with a clip here uh, that I think is one of the scariest clips that we've ever heard, and uh, this is from the Velisca House. Listen to it closely, and then we'll explain to you what we think it, uh, is being said. You're gonna hear a bleeped out noise, okay, and that is because I don't know about the ages of people listening to the podcast. Um, you know, we think it's a curse word, and it's yeah. pretty clear. Um, I just wouldn't feel right playing it, you know, and get in trouble here at the radio station yeah. <laughs> for playing it. So here it is. <laughs> So there's a lot there, okay? There's a lot there. There's actually even an an activity that is happening right now that you don't, uh, I mean, I'm telling you right now, um, you can hear the grunt at the end. I think I hear like a grunt, all right? So listen carefully.
1: So explain to what you think is happening there, Larry. Well... What I what I hear, and then I'll explain what I think is happening. What I hear is, I still hadn't seen this blank that's lying here. Right. And then you hear a bang, another bang, and then a, a, a kind of a short uh, and then ah. Uh. Right. So anyhow, let me say one more thing. Uh, last episode, we talked about how Darwin Lynn, the owner of the house, explained during the murders, with each swing of the ax, the ax hit the ceiling before it hit the victim. And if you time the the, the, the bangs— you could say that one. the first bang is the axe hitting the ceiling, the second bang possibly hitting the victim, and then there's like a groan or a moan. Right. So let's do it part by part here now. So the first part we think is saying... I still hadn't seen this. Okay, I, st- I,
0: st- I still hadn't seen this. Blanked. And then it's, it's, a, it's a bad word um, that we ha- that's bleeped out. Okay, and then you hear... Let's, let's play the first part first. So I, I still don't think... What was it again?
1: I still hadn't seen... I
0: still hadn't seen this This blank blank. yet. Okay. So I still hadn't seen this blank right here. Yeah. Now, where do you think that was recorded at? Uh, Again, this is in the parlor. Okay. And then here's where the bangs start. You hear... Bang, bang, uh and
1: then
0: yeah. you hear it chattering in the background yeah, that's too. Us in the background and talking. that's you guys yeah. having a conversation. Yeah. That's insane. Yep. That is creepy. Yep. That is the Veliska house.
1: That is no joke. I think it needs to come with a warning. Does it have a warning on its website? <laughs> you know, they don't. Here, there's something I, I need to say, too. When all this is going on, I sent an email to the the, the, the Velisca House, the people that yeah. run it, and I didn't hear back from them. And actually, it was it was a little bit after um, I had the cleansing. I got an email from Carolyn Knight, and she was a webmaster for the Velisca House. And she said, Mr. Wilson, I'm sorry. I was going through emails, cleaning them out, and I saw you had sent an email and we never responded. But my email was asking. I told him what was going on with me, and I said, "Has have other people that have gone home had similar things happen?" And this Carolyn Knight said, "Absolutely, they have." Ugh. She said, "It's it's it's not. It's just a handful yeah, of people, right? But people have things go on when they get home."
0: And you got to be careful doing this, folks. Yep. I mean, this isn't a house that you want to go and and kid around with. I wouldn't let it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have it be your first trip. No. On an investigation. And you need to prepare yourself and go with somebody that's experienced that experienced that knows what's going on. Okay? And don't
1: take it lackadaisical. I right. mean, this this house changed the way that I investigate the paranormal. Right. And it even changed the way that I look at life, you know. It's not the same after I visited this house.
0: <sighs> I always feel like a breath of fresh air when we're done talking about it because we get I'll through it to. and nothing bad happened. And uh, nothing shut down here. I say that. I hope nothing shuts down here in the studio <laughs> again. But uh, that's the Villisca House, the Axe Murder House, part three next week it's uh the 2010 trip to elkhart cemetery and that's one you don't want to miss either no there's yeah a
1: lot happened a lot happened there too (laughs) and it got physical with larry wilson all right buddy that's it buddy wrap it up oh thanks for listening and be sure to tune in again next week as bonzi and i once again pull a string and unravel more mysteries of the paranormal until next week happy hauntings